Psalms 90, verse 13, through Psalms 92, verse 5. Return, O Yahweh, how long? O be sorry for your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your loving commitment. Welcome to His Word Heals. You can also visit our website at www.hiswordheals.com. The month of Elul is here. We observe the Hillel, or as I like to call it, the Diaspora calendar, simply because, of course, we are still in the Diaspora. We are still scattered outside of Israel around the world. We believe this calendar was created based upon the biblical calendar, but was estimated for hundreds of years in advance in order to keep all of the Jewish people on the same calendar, no matter where on earth they found themselves dispersed to. I'm only letting you know this so that you know what we do. We realize the Jews say a lot of different things about the month of Elul. However, in this program, we are going to try and stick with just what scripture has to say or suggest about the month of Elul or the sixth month, which of course is the month just before Tishri or the seventh biblical month, the month of all the fall feasts. So let's see what scripture has to say about the sixth month. On the fifth day of the sixth month is when Ezekiel was given the vision of the abominations taking place through the wall of the temple in secret. This prophecy is found in Ezekiel chapter 8, and we did a program on this vision a while back regarding the Masonic ceremonies that are taking place in Zedekiah's cave, which possibly even goes under Temple Mount. You can watch that video on our website at www.hiswordheals.com and go to our blog page. It's called Ezekiel 8-11 through and Revelation. Then the prophet Haggai had a word given to him by Yahweh in the sixth month, as recorded in Haggai chapter 1, on the first day of the month, telling the people that his temple needed to be built, and then Yahweh stirred the heart of the people to begin building it in that same sixth month. Then lastly, in Luke chapter 1, we see that the angel Gabriel was sent to Mary with a message of Messiah in the sixth month. Some think this means the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which I agree with. However, the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy could have been the sixth biblical month as well. That would make John the Baptist be born about the ninth month and Yeshua's birth possibly be on Shavuot. To us, Shavuot makes sense since that is when Yahweh spoke to all the people at Mount Sinai and also when the Holy Spirit came down after Yeshua ascended into heaven ten days prior. Just makes sense that Yeshua might be born into the world the same day that approximately 33 years later the Holy Spirit would be given to those first believers after his ascension. Those are the places where the sixth month is specifically mentioned in scripture. But where else is it inferred or likely to be the month in which biblical events of significance took place? In Exodus chapter 19, we see that the children of Israel arrived at Mount Sinai in the third month after their exodus from Egypt, which is, of course, the actual third biblical month since the month of the Passover, or Exodus, is the first month, Exodus 19.1. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. Moses went up the mountain, and Yahweh gave Moses this message to give to the people in Exodus 19.5. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. So in Exodus 19.7, 
we see Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which Yahweh commanded him. Then in verse 8, And all the people answered together and said, All that Yahweh has spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto Yahweh. And Yahweh said to Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto Yahweh. And Yahweh said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes or garments. Isn't this what we Christians or believers in Yeshua as Messiah are supposed to have been doing for the last 2,000 years or two days? A day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. Peter in the New Testament quotes this from Psalms 90. We are supposed to be washing our garments in the blood of the Lamb so that we are set apart and sanctified to Yahweh. So, after Yahweh told Moses to sanctify the people today and tomorrow, two days, he tells them in verse 11, Be ready against the third day, for the third day Yahweh will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Is this a clue that we will again see Yahweh descend upon Mount Sinai in the third day or the beginning of the third thousand years, which is where we are now, the third thousand years since Yeshua? It's possible, in my opinion. So anyway, this all took place in the third month, which is the month of Shavuot, and many believe the giving of the Torah by Yahweh from smoke and fire on Mount Sinai took place on Shavuot, since the giving of the Holy Spirit after Yeshua's ascension to the right hand of the Father also took place on Shavuot. They both are a marriage ceremony, an offer, and an acceptance of a covenant with Yahweh in both instances. Exodus chapters 20 through 23 are all of the statutes and judgments Yahweh gave to Moses after the people were too afraid to listen any further than the Ten Commandments. Then in Exodus 24, 3 through 8, Moses came and told the people all the words of Yahweh and all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which Yahweh has said we will do. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people, and they said again, All that Yahweh has said we will do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant which Yahweh has made with you concerning all of these words. So that is three times total that the people vowed that all Yahweh has said they will do. And Moses wrote it all in a book and left it with Aaron and his sons and the seventy appointed elders after they feasted before Elohim. Then in Exodus 24, 12-13, Yahweh said unto Moses, Come up to me on the mount, and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone, and a law and commandments, which I have written, that thou may teach them. And Moses rose up, and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of Elohim. Exodus 24, 18, And Moses went into the midst of the cloud, and got him up onto the mountain, and Moses was in the mount forty days and forty nights. Then, of course, we know when Moses came down from the mountain the first time in Exodus 32, the people were worshiping before the golden calf they had created. 
So if Moses went up on the mountain after Shavuot, when is 40 days from Shavuot? Well, for example, we'll use Shavuot 2023, which will be May 28th. We add 40 days and we come to July 7th, 2023, which on the Hebrew calendar is the 18th of Tammuz, which is the fourth biblical month. When Moses came down the first time, he broke the first set of tablets with the Ten Commandments, which was a picture of Yeshua, Yahweh's word made flesh, coming down the first time and being broken for the sins of all mankind. Then in Exodus 32, starting in verse 30, Moses, a picture of Yeshua, went back up to Yahweh to make intercession for the people, which is, of course, a picture of Yeshua going up after he was broken to the right hand of the Father to make intercession for us. Then Moses pitched the tabernacle of meeting outside the camp of Israel, and Moses met with Yahweh there, and anyone else who sought Yahweh had to go outside the camp of Israel to the tabernacle where Moses was to seek him. Outside the camp of Israel, or simply outside of Israel, right? Perhaps a picture of the diaspora where all the children of Israel have to meet with Yahweh, or Yeshua, outside the land of Israel. This is where Moses continued his intercession for the people. Finally, in Exodus 34, Moses is told by Yahweh to hew two more stones and bring them up to the top of Mount Sinai, which he does. Moses is up there again 40 more days, receiving the second set of tablets with the commandments on them. So what day do you suppose Moses goes back up the second time, and then what day does he return on with the second set of tablets? which, if the first set being broken is a picture of Yeshua's first coming, then Moses coming down with the second set is a picture of Yeshua's, Yahweh's word made flesh, second coming. Though we are not told exact days for this, it makes sense to me that if all this takes place after the 18th of the fourth month, or the month of Tammuz, and the Torah marriage offer and acceptance happened on Shavuot, then the renewal of the vows, so to speak, would happen on the next biblical feast days. Of course, the next set of feasts after Shavuot and the month of Tammuz are the seventh month or the month of Tishri and are known as the fall feasts. We also know the second time Moses was up on the mountain was also 40 days immediately preceding when he came down the second time with the second set of tablets, again a picture of Yeshua's second coming. But how many days total are between Tammuz 18, 2023, which is July 7th, 2023, and the fall feasts of 2023? Tishri 1, or Yom Teruah, of 2023 is September 16, and that is 71 days from Tammuz 18, or the Golden Calf Incident. How about from Tammuz 18, or July 7th, to Yom Kippur 2023, which is Tishri 10? That would be 81 days approximately. So then it would be 80 days from Tammuz 18 or the Golden Calf Incident until Erev or the Eve of Yom Kippur. Perhaps as the Jews teach, we have three sets of 40 days, which equals 120 days between the marriage vows and Moses heading up the mountain the first time for the first set of tablets and breaking them 40 days later, Yeshua's first coming, then interceding for the people 40 days outside the camp of Israel, 
Yeshua interceding for Israel during the diaspora when his people are outside the land of Israel, and then Moses up on the mountain for 40 more days while the people should be back in camp repenting, and Moses is receiving the second set of tablets. Then Moses comes back with the second set of tablets on Yom Kippur, the day of covering, also known as the day of judgment, if you are not covered by the blood of Yeshua. Perfectly orderly and perfectly makes sense to us. So then what Hebrew day is 40 days after the golden calf of Tammuz, 18, and is also 40 days before Yom Kippur? That would be August 16th, 2023, or the 29th of Av, which is the fifth month. If Moses was making intercession for the people outside the camp for 40 days prior to heading back up the mountain for the second set of tablets, what day would the 41st day be when he headed back up the mountain for 40 days? He would have headed back up the mountain on the 30th of Av, or Erev, or the Eve of Elul 1, which this year, 2022, is Shabbat, August 27th. Then he was up there 40 days before coming back down, a picture of Yeshua's second coming, or his return, on Yom Kippur, the 10th day of the 7th month, which is 40 days after the 30th day of Av, or Erev Elul 1. Therefore, the time between the month of Elul and Yom Kippur is the time when Moses was likely up on the mountain getting the second set of tablets ready for his second descension from the mountain. Remember, Moses' face shone with the glory of Yahweh when he came down the second time, and this, we believe, is a picture of Yeshua coming his second time in all of his glory. He will not come back to be broken this time. His coming back will be glorified. So, what were the people doing back in camp while they waited these last 40 days prior to Yom Kippur and Moses' second coming, so to speak? We aren't really told in Exodus, but my guess would be they would certainly be living in repentance. They certainly did not make another golden calf. The Jews teach that these 40 days are the 40 days of repentance leading to Yom Kippur, and I believe they are right. Yes, we should repent every day when we failed, but the last 40 days represents, in our opinion, the last opportunity to repent before Yom Kippur each year. While the Jews, except for Messianic Jews, don't believe in Yeshua, I believe we can see support for these 40 days of repentance leading to Yom Kippur in the ministry of John the Baptist just prior to the start of Yeshua's ministry in the New Testament. What did John come preaching? Acts 13.24 When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, John preached repentance. Then in Matthew 3.1-3, through 3, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Elijah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of Yahweh, make his path straight. Then in Matthew 3.13, Yeshua came from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized by him. And then Yeshua heads to the wilderness outside the camps of Israel to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. If everything in Exodus after the golden calf 
half incident is about repentance and then restoration and is measured in two additional 40-day time periods leading to Yom Kippur, then wouldn't it make sense that since John and Yeshua both preach repentance for restoration, wouldn't the 40 days Yeshua spent in the wilderness be represented by one of these two 40-day time periods in Exodus? What was the first message Yeshua preached once he completed his 40-day stint in the wilderness? Here's our clue, Matthew 4, 1 and 2. Then was Yeshua led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. Compare this, Yeshua fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, with Exodus 34, 28. And he, Moses, was there with Yahweh forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. In other words, when Moses was on the mountain to get the second set of tablets, he fasted forty days and forty nights, coming back down on Yom Kippur. Moses' Yom Kippur message was, Okay, guys, Yahweh's giving you a second chance. Don't mess it up. Teshuva or repent, and do these commands, and Yahweh will take you to the promised land, or his kingdom. Back to John the Baptist, what was he doing while Yeshua was fasting 40 days? He was preaching repentance those 40 days. Then what was Yeshua's message when he began his ministry after fasting 40 days? Matthew 4.17 From that time Yeshua began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All these patterns lead to one obvious conclusion. Yeshua began his ministry on Yom Kippur. The wedding where Yeshua turned water into wine before his time was come, or his ministry began, represented the Shavuot wedding at Mount Sinai, after which John preaches repentance, Yeshua fasts for 40 days, and then begins his ministry after 40 days of repentance leading to Yom Kippur. So Yeshua and Moses both likely began fasting on Erev Elul, or the eve of Elul 1, in preparation for Yom Kippur. Perhaps we also should take the 40 days leading up to Yom Kippur pretty seriously and consider an Elul fast. Not a 40-day fast from all food and water like Moses and Yeshua were able to do through supernatural power, but we can all pray about what kind of fast Abba would have us to do in order to prepare our hearts and homes spiritually in honor of His atonement for us. We can fast a certain day every week or fast from our favorite foods or beverages. That would all be a start, but let's look at what kind of fast our Abba truly desires. Here's what Yahweh tells Israel through Isaiah that our fast should look like. Isaiah 58, 1-14 Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to Yahweh? 
Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out, when you see the naked that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then your light shall break forth like the morning, and your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of Yahweh shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and Yahweh will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall shine and dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. Yahweh will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of Yahweh honorable, and shall honor him not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in Yahweh, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth, and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of Yahweh has spoken. Then also Zechariah 7 verses 5 through 10, Say to all the people of the land and to the priests, When you fasted and mourned in the fifth and the seventh months, during those seventy years, did you really fast for me? For me? When you eat and when you drink, do you not eat and drink for yourselves? Should you not have obeyed the words of Yahweh that he proclaimed through the former prophets when Jerusalem and the cities around it were inhabited and prosperous, and the south and the lowland were inhabited? Then the word of Yahweh came to Zechariah, saying, Thus says Yahweh of hosts, Execute true justice, show mercy and compassion, every one to his brother. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. Let none of you plan evil in his heart against his brother. So these are descriptions of the type of fast that Yahweh is looking for, the type of fast that he wants his people to do in order to turn and to repent. And likewise, John the Baptist preached repentance during Yeshua's 40 days of fasting, leading to Yom Kippur this way. Luke chapter 3 verses 7 through 14. John said to the multitude that came forth to be baptized by him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that Elohim is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree that brings forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? And he answered and said unto them, He that has two coats, let him impart to him that has none. And he that has meat, let him do likewise. Then came also publicans, or tax collectors, to be baptized, and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? And he said to them, Exact no more than what is appointed to you. 
And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. So John also preached repentance of treating people properly, of being generous, taking care of the poor and the widows, and doing your job, whatever that job might be, with honesty and not with extortion. Perhaps we should all prayerfully consider if our Abba desires for us and our house to fast during these 40 days leading up to Yom Kippur this year, and if so, what kind of fast? We believe this is a great time to deny ourselves with regard to some foods and or drinks or fast once or twice a week or perhaps intermittent daily fasting from food. All of these are great starters and the hunger or cravings produced by this type of fasting are a great way to remind us to do the other types of fasting of denying our fleshly desires in favor of helping others, being merciful and forgiving to all, being generous to others lifting up the downtrodden, making someone else's day a little brighter, and sharing all that we have been blessed with with others. We could also pray for the sick, disabled, and abandoned souls who need the light and healing of Yeshua in their lives to lift them up and heal them both spiritually and physically. We can all do something to make someone's life better, even if that means denying ourselves some of life's temporal pleasures. We need to do our jobs or conduct our businesses with honesty and integrity and not forsaking the Sabbath, even if it means making a little less money. When we do this, it brings glory to our Father and Yeshua, our Messiah, and likely puts a smile on our Abba's face. Now is the time to lay up our treasures in heaven before all of the hay and stubble burns down here. Next week, we'll take a look at the fast in Joel. Blessings and shalom to all of you and everyone in your home.